Trek Companion. This is episode 283. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Discovery's fourth season episodes, Kobayashi Maru and Anomaly. Star Trek Discovery Season 4. Cast includes Sonequa Martin-Green as Michael Burnham, Doug Jones as Saru, Anthony Rapp as Paul Stamets, Mary Wiseman as Sylvia Tilly, Wilson Cruz as Hugh Colbert, Blue Del Barrio as Adira Tall, and David Ayala as Cleveland Booker. Kobayashi Maru Season 4, Episode 1. Original release date, November 18th, 2021. Directed by Olatunde Osunsanmi, written by Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet and Alex Kurtzman. Guest cast include Odette Fair as Charles Vance, Ian Alexander as Gray Tall, Shella Horsdahl as Lara Rillick, Bill Irwin as Sukal, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwakchun as Yen Reese, Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Oshakun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as R.A. Bryce, Sarah Midditch as Nilsson, Raven Dowda as Tracy Pollard, David Benjamin Tomlinson as Linus, Orville Cummings as Christopher, Rodrigo Fernando Stoll as Nollis, Ake Hernandez as Kaim and Vanessa Jackson as Audrey Willa. Discovery has spent months reconnecting the Federation with distant worlds. Upon returning from a harrowing mission, Captain Michael Burnham and the crew of Discovery are sent to assist a damaged space station, where also Burnham's abilities as captain are being evaluated by the Federation president. The seemingly routine mission poses Burnham with life-and-death decisions and reveals the existence of a terrifying new threat. Captain, we've got incoming. Debris of some kind. Commander Owoshikun, analysis. It's frozen methane. Shields up, red alert. Can we extend shields over the station? I think so, but it will drain a lot of power. Do it. We'll figure it out. Here we are, our very first time talking about episodes as they're being released. Kind of nutty. It wasn't as crazy an experience. I mean, I went ahead, I mean, I just watched them once, but I did go ahead and t- like take notes while watching for the first time. And maybe it's just because we've been doing this for a decade, but it really wasn't that, it didn't take me away from the episode, I didn't feel like. But <laughs> was that was it weird for you guys? You just watched it once, right? Yeah, I just watched it once. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was, yeah, the notes and didn't take, take me away from it too much yeah i wonder if it would like <laughs> help me enjoy the <laughs> enjoy the episodes more <laughs> you know i don't know we can talk about that we'll have plenty of time to do so let's start with uh your thoughts steve we kind of have a, a little bit of a break between them it's not like it's jumping right off from where the last one left off kind of like we had last season yeah it's it, what uh, five or six months later yeah they indicate five months um a little bit of uh uniform confusion i couldn't tell what are dress uniforms what are the normal <laughs> uniforms i had to get that all sorted out because mm-hmm. the end of the last one we had everyone was the gray with the accents you know in the primary colors and now okay the primary colors are the primary ones and the gray ones are i don't know anyway but i think that's what's going it's on it's important for the cosplay <laughs> yes yes so uh you know i, I uh it's it's I, I kinda like the feel that we're kinda settled in a little bit, you know. I mean, at least for a while. I, I that's one yeah. thing that's that's not um that we it's we practically have not had at, at all in this series, right? Is mm-hmm. a point where it's like, okay, we're this and this is what we're doing and we're going out with this bunch of people and it's not you know, I mean quickly we get into everything's going to crap and we gotta fix it, of course. But um and I, and I wish we, if anything, I wish we would have spent a little more time on Saru being somewhere else. You know, we get into these episodes and he's, okay, he's back in the yeah, ship that stuff now. That stuff was great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that, that was, 
that was one of my favorite parts of it. It was really like like really seeing the character of Saru. Yeah, kind of like how we felt in that short. Remember, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, but uh, overall, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't turned off from the get go. I guess I'll say that. I mean, it's it's I, I like I said, I like how everyone's got a, a position where we're doing this thing. We're OK. Oh, it's kind of normal missions a little bit. You know, we the uh, the way this starts off kind of to me feels a little bit like the beginning of um, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of definitely has that feel that jokey sort of misunderstanding. Right. right. It's almost like a. And they even brought a gift. Yes, the, the same thing, the same yeah. deal. Well, yeah, yeah. Was that Beyond or Into Darkness? No, Beyond, right? Yeah, Beyond. I thought it was It's feeling episodic with the little guys. That's Beyond, actually. Yeah, Into yeah. Darkness opens in the volcano. Yeah, I oh, kind of okay. felt it was more closer to Into Darkness because it's like they're there and they, you know, the whole first contact kind of thing kind of reminded me more of that. More no, but in, in Into Darkness, they're not making first contact. They're trying to avoid well, yeah. uh, interacting with that yeah, pre warp species. Oh, right. But in Beyond, it, it opens with those little, there's the perspective joke where it looks like they're really big, but they're really small. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they misunderstand whatever offering he's brought as a gift or something. But it was the action sequences that remind me of Into Darkness. Because it's very, you know, it's running in action. And it's not jump, jumping off a cliff. So it kind of felt like a Star Warsy to me. The opening, the way it opens, like on books. What's the name of book ship? Doesn't it have? Does it have a name? I just keep it saying does, but I'm blanking no? on it. Okay, we it's like book ship flying out of Discovery, and we kind of follow it down to the planet. We see like some little close up effects he shot of a creature or something. I don't remember, but it, but it felt very Star Wars, like like the prequels movies. And then it even and I was actually thinking that oh this this feels like the opening of one of the prequels, and then it then it cuts to the underwater chambers with Saru, and it totally felt like uh, the Gungans thing in Episode One. And it's like, wow, yes, this is very Star Wars, very Star Wars. But uh, what, what are your uh, first thoughts, Adam? Yeah, I kind of have the same feeling as like what Steve did. It this felt like a um, comparatively to you know previous season beginners. This this felt paced. It didn't feel rushed, so to speak, and it kind of felt like an encapsulated episode. Even though you know towards the end, you know we get this you know anomaly that's destroying planets and that kind of thing. But I mean, it was kind of nice just to kind of have like, okay, we're settling into this, you know thousand years into the future it's still kind of weird but all right we're, we're a thousand years in the future we're kind of getting the lay of the land of how the federation's kind of being set up um later in the episode there are some fam- familiar themes in this episode you know burnham being challenged by the federation president on her ability to be a captain you know she's not ready to take the you know the bigger next step um, i kind of feel like this has been a theme with burnham throughout um the whole series is like is is she ready is she you know is she up to the challenge um so I don't know how I felt about that because it feels like I said, it's a repeating theme with her. It's like, she has to be challenged and that kind of thing. And I, the reason I also said, you know, it kind of felt like I'm the beginning of into darkness. That also kind of reminded me about that thing, you know, with Kirk, you know, it's like, you know, he made, took all these risks and, you know, you know, he could have gone the other way. And these are kind of the same themes that were in this, in this episode. Um, But I definitely get your point about um, Star Trek beyond. It kind of feels like they kind of took the beginnings of both movies and kind of, and kind of combined it. Not, that's not a criticism or anything like that. I, I did enjoy the opening sequence, you know, the butterfly people. That was, um, I don't know, that was pretty clever. You know, we see a lot of different alien species in the world. Yeah, they were unique. But, you know, it was clever to kind of come up with that. I, I thought it was a clever way to kind of come up with the new alien species. Um, you know, they kind of, their wings come out. So I enjoyed that. Overall, yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed this first episode. I, I wouldn't say it was like over the over the top about it, but I, I like that it was 
it was paced and it kind of felt like just a, an episode by itself that wasn't like continuously going and going and going how we sometimes get in discovery. I enjoyed both the episodes we're going to be talking about today. You know, when you talk about uh, uh, Burnham, was she this question of ready for command, kind of ongoing question thing? I, I think that she did a great job. I like what the character did. I like how they showed her, not just in command, but very effectively in command. She's delegating to all the right play people. She's asking the right questions. She's getting everybody to move kind of as one. You know, that whole section when she first arrives at that station and they're trying to figure out what's going on and then it becomes a rescue mission. You know, I, I thought it was all very effective. They had the president ask some interesting questions at the end. Leadership is about balance, and you weren't willing to make the the hard, the tough calls. But I, I like that it was called Kobayashi Maru. I almost wish that they hadn't she had they hadn't referenced it. I think just calling it Kobayashi Maru would have been fun. But oh, you're right, Discovery doesn't tell you the titles on screen. Yeah, I had a problem with that too because, like I said, it's it's a thousand years in the future. I mean, like what you know, the present day people know what the Kobayashi Maru test is. It doesn't seem well. They, there likely. are still other little nitpicky things that don't like. There, it's a cool, it's a cool idea. Oh, we're we're reopening Starfleet Academy for the first time since the burn. Remember what I asked in a previous episode? I'm like, how are these this the burn is 150 years ago. The people running this Starfleet station in the previous season are not 200 years old. So how are they Starfleet? How where were they trained? Where where's the academy or whatever? Well, we know it wasn't Starfleet Academy. So I, I'm all the more puzzled. Like how how all those people that are apparently running Starfleet Academy now became starfleet i don't understand they don't tell us that it doesn't make sense yeah. <laughs> it's all inherited but, or something like the one but, guy you know everyone's yeah, just, <laughs> it, it, it was unofficial starfleet academy you know i see i see well we all we all often talk about how great the special effects are um in this show and still just second to none amazing incredible constantly entirely convincing yeah, everybody got kind of a moment in this episode. No, I agree with you, Brian. That, you know, the moments that we get in this episode kind of get fleshed out a little bit more in the next episode. You know, Steve, you were yeah. talking about you kind of wanted a little bit more about Saru on in his homeworld. We get a little bit more in that. I think it would have been nice to get even a little bit more in the second episode, but you get more of it in there, like why he's there and when he leaves, that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting they brought back both um, Burn Boy, I don't remember the character's name. <laughs> on Keminar. Um and they also brought back uh Book's brother who I remember saying I'm sure they're not going to bring him back cuz I thought, you know, nothing personal. I thought his acting was poor and that's unusual in this show. They didn't bring him back for long. <laughs> like we can get through just a few lines with him. I mean, we might talk more about the the little boy in the next episode since it kind of focuses more on that. It seemed like a little bit like a cheap thing, but sorry, I didn't. Remember. I did have in my notes. You remember, so last week we were talking about the shorts, and um, specifically um, Calypso. We all kind of felt like didn't have any connection to, but here the computer has named itself, and it's from the name that was used in Calypso. So there, that we we have our connection to that um, that Star Trek. Well, you're going to get an easy uh, six degrees <laughs> question today. <laughs> Steve's going to get a very hard one. <laughs> uh. Cool. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I will, I will go ahead and admit that at the end of the second episode, when I was thinking, this was, I liked these. This was enjoyable. I kicked myself because I thought, you know what, was also enjoyable. The very beginning of the first season, the very beginning of the second season, and the very beginning <laughs> of the third season. Those were all enjoyable. <laughs> it didn't last. So fool me once, shame on you. I'm not going to let you fool me a fourth time. So I'm I'm going to continue to be uh, very cautious Skeptical. 
um, and not allow myself to love this show, they're going to have to really work extra hard. And yeah, I, I also agree that, um, you know, contributing to those concerns or the fact that uh, I enjoyed the of these two episodes, I enjoyed the first 10 minutes of this first episode the most before All Helper starts to break loose. And it was the first time. It was, in a way, the most calming, relaxing of the three-plus seasons of the show, kind of really just seeing them out there doing their jobs. And, of course, there's a part of me that wants the show to be that, and I just have to accept that it isn't. We all have to accept that that's not what the show is. This show is about whatever the you know problem of the season is. And I know we've all put the rest of our hopes on Strange New Worlds to get us over that <laughs> concern. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the very beginning of this first episode the most when we were just seeing them out there. Just being normal. Yeah. What is uh, what is this episode about? Um, I took away from it um, a lot of what Burnham was going through. You know, it's kind of coming, you know, coming of age, coming into your own. I'm settling into the positions that you're in. That's kind of what I kind of took from this episode. Obviously, Burnham is being challenged by the Federation president about her captain skills. But as you stated, Brian, you know, she was able to hold, hold her own. And, you know, looking at the episode, I don't think she did anything wrong. She she stayed she stayed the course to try to save as many people well, as she could. Apparently, she doesn't believe in the no-win scenario. <laughs> she wouldn't be the first captain no. to never believe in, in the no-win scenario. So, and. So that's kind of what I took from it. There's a there's a kind of settling in and a kind of coming of age um, feeling to this to this episode. Oh, I, I love the moment when um, you see the space dock, the Archer space dock, and they oh, right. yeah, play that yeah, Archer Enterprise. The music. Theme. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That was really great. Steve, I agree. It's it's uh, it's this this whole kind of like alluded to at the very beginning here. This whole settling in kind of thing because it's it's people coming into their own, but it's finding finding your place, finding your style in a system sort of, I feel like. So it's not just Burnham that we see that with other characters as well, how the, the connections work and how, you know, people do their jobs and live their lives and that kind of thing. I think that's what they're going for. Until he's a lieutenant now, she's no longer an ensign, so it might make more sense. Or captain. <laughs> strange promotion, demotion thing. <laughs> yeah, I like her. Um, yeah, well, it's going to talk about her a little bit in the next one, too. Uh, Steve. Mm. So these are, yeah, these are just like trivia type questions. This episode aired on the same day as an episode first aired from another Trek series, Star Trek Prodigy. That last happened in what year? In what year did two different Star Trek shows air their episode on the same day? What year? Hmm. Um, 99? Yes, sir. 1999. Very good. Oh, he's smiling, folks. You can't see it. You can't see it on the audio podcast, but he's smiling. I'm old. <laughs> All right. Steve has one. Moving on. Anomaly Season 4, Episode 2. Original release date, November 25th, 2021. Directed by Olatunde Osinsanmi. Written by Anne Kofel Saunders and Glenise Mullins. Guest cast include Oded Fair as Charles Vance. Ian Alexander as Gray Tall. Shella Horsdahl as Lara Rillick. Tara Rosling as Tarina. Annabelle Wallace as Zora. Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwok-Chun as Gen Reese, Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Oshakun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as R.A. Bryce, Sarah Midich as Nilsson, Luca Dolgeris as Lido, and Fabio Tesson as Book's Ship Computer. <laughs>
Saru returns to help Discovery uncover the mystery of an unusually destructive new force. Book reeling from the destruction of his home world and the deaths of Kiem and Leto is determined to fly a dangerous mission to, to scan the anomaly. Burnham reluctantly agrees and employs the help of Stamets, who has also dealt with incredible grief. Lieutenant, has the data from Mr. Booker's ship shed new light on the nature of this threat? Not yet. We still have an Everest-sized mountain of data to analyze it. Oh, uh, uh, Earth Mountain, it's very big. Doesn't matter. Point being, I did find something. The reason the distortions got worse, even though Discovery held its position. So this is the anomaly when we arrived. And this is it after we left. It changed direction? What could have caused that? That's the thing, there is nothing in my understanding of astrophysics that can explain it. But we gathered this data in order to predict its path. Are you saying we cannot do that? No, sir, we can't. We could go anywhere at any time, and we may not have any kind of warning at all. All right, Anomaly. Adam, kick us off on Anomaly. So we pretty much pick off right where the last episode ends off. Um, Book's homeworld has, you know, been destroyed. His ship returns to Discovery. And, um, you know, we kind of find out the hor- horrific ordeal he went through. Um, and then, we, you know, we kind of get into what this anomaly is. And, and this is kind of the one thing that I enjoy about the, the newer shows. You know, as, you know, as in real life, when we discover more and more about the universe or, you know, our solar system or galaxy and that kind of thing, it's, it's nice that it gets incorporated into the new Star Trek. So, and if you think about that, black holes are kind of very much a secondary thought in all the other previous Star Treks. I don't even know how much they're never used in one. They're never mentioned, but early, I don't know. We don't know if this anomaly is a black hole, but I enjoyed the fact that they, they scientifically talked about these black holes and how they behave and, you know, they're not taking matter. So you can't see them. And um, that's just kind of the, um, the astrophysical dork in me, you know, who likes, likes to kind of know what's going on in, in our galaxy and how it works and that kind of thing. So I do, I enjoy that start, you know, that Trek is, is still good at taking information that we know about in the present day and using it in their in their narrative. Now, like I said, I you know, it, you know, once we get towards the end of this episode, it, it turns out that they don't really know what this is. They're not really black holes, and it behaves, you know, on its own. It can move wherever it wants to move. So that leads us to believe that there's some sort of force behind this. We'll find out as we we get along into the episodes. But initially, you know, that whole first scene where they're doing the um, whole tech explanation you know scientific explanation what this is and what it could be and i kind of i enjoyed that scene you know hey we got to warn these other worlds you had a you know you had a group of planets together that weren't necessarily part of the federation but they're all kind of coming together to to take on a common problem there are themes with that i think in our world i think it's kind of the themes are you know um climate change that kind of pertains. I think that's maybe what they're kind of trying to relate it to. There's climate change, it's destructive, and we all kind of got to work together. So I don't know. I, it kind of felt like the theme they were kind of going with here. That's what I took out of it. Um, you know, you have, um, like I said, you have Book going through his his grief, and, you know, he wants to, A, prove himself, you know, and he kind of wants, I don't want to call it revenge, but it kind of has that feel of it. And then you kind of bring Stamets along with it, who's also dealt with all this grief. And and you kind of have this these two characters that haven't interacted with each other really all that much up to this point. And they also do have something 
really cool and common. They're the only two that can operate the spore drive. So it's kind of two to kind of bring them both together and kind of have them go at it. And so uh, overall, I, I kind of think I liked this episode a little bit more than the first one, but I did enjoy the first one too. So let's see, see what your thoughts are. Steve? Yeah, I agree. Um, I uh, think they did a lot of right things here. You know, it, it's got it's got some kind of focus. I mean, when you can not only talk about what an episode is about, but also talk about um, who it focuses on. You know, what characters are the are the are the primary? You know, what are we looking at here? Whose relationships? What characters? And we can speak to that. You know, the um, book and um, and Stamets and all this kind of thing. And so I. I I like that part about it, that it's not just, it's, yeah, there's several storylines here. There's, we learn little things about everybody and, um, but, but it does have a focus. There's a primary story and, and you can, and you can, you know, have an anchor of sorts by having that. Um, we of course get, like we talked about in the first one, we get the, a couple of continuity nods, you know, Zora, um, from the uh, short, we also have the Picard reference, of course, when they're talking about uh, Tall and whatnot. So that's interesting. Um, so yeah, you know, like we ta- like we spoke of before, I'm just hoping this doesn't go totally off the rails when the focus becomes this anomaly and everything's going to crap and you know and so on. Because so far, I like what they're doing with the characters and with uh, having a bit more stable a stable feel to the episodes, like a, a, a a good story and a an anchor and so forth. The characters all get a lot. I mean, it seems yeah. weird. I mean, it seems like there's a lot going on in this episode. And normally when that happens, it's like, it's, it doesn't end up being that good, but they were able to do it. Like every character gets, you know, we get something from Saru. Yes. It's get the plus side the to serialized storytelling. Cause you don't have to spend much time setting up the anomaly and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can get the, that you can get that meat, the meat of the story going, uh, and still have plenty of time and opportunity for character stuff. And I, and I think that's, that, I mean, we'll see, of course, where we have the skepticism, but I, I, I think it's a good sign when you can have a number of, you know, a lot of character development, you know, there, there's a focus, but there are several different things happening and they juggle it. Okay. Where it doesn't feel like it's, it's ridiculous and nonsensical jumping all over the place. It feels like it's, it's good. So hopefully that'll. Yeah. So, stay. so all the characters, right. So Booker, yeah. Obviously, he gets some significant stuff. It's, his stuff isn't my favorite stuff in here. I actually felt like the, you know, kill his nephew was a little bit cheap, maybe. But, you know, fine. And he's good. He's a good actor. But Stamets has some great stuff with Book. I like those very brief scenes that he has with um, Colber. Colber, <laughs> have I said this before? He's, he's got to be my, he's probably my favorite character on the show. I don't know why. He's like, because like when that season when they kind of killed him and brought him back, like when he's in turmoil, I, I don't get it as much. But when he's like counseling other people, he's, he's great. He's my favorite character in the show. And um, obviously half of that is the actor. I mean, he wasn't even a lead in, when they started this show. And he's, he's, He's really great. And that scene that he has with Stam, it's like something about when he's telling him about everybody grieves differently or something, you know. And then his scene with uh with Tilly. He doesn't he doesn't overreact. She's telling him she's really having a hard time. We don't know what that's about, but he's just great. Culver's great. And actually Tilly, you know, she has that scene with with that scene with um Culber at the end, but she's also got that scene at the beginning, which I really like with Saru. She and Saru have such 
Tilly and Saru have such great those the, the actor and the actress have such great chemistry. I mean, we talked about that in the previous season. You know, when they at the beginning of the season there was that moment when they were when they first arrived or crashed on that planet, and the two of them were walking to the Western Bar place. They just have a great chemistry, and that that scene when she's saying a whole bunch of stuff, and then Saru's like, "I missed you too." You know, it's good. It's good. It's good character stuff. And good acting. Well, Saru's, you know, it's kind of, you know, Saru's still a captain. He's come back and he's said he doesn't want to have a captain command his own ship. He, he feels like his place is on Discovery. Um, and it's interesting kind dynamic. Of just assume he was going to get number one, right? <laughs> he's like, he didn't quite yeah, no, say, I offer my services as first officers, what I was waiting for them to say, but he never said that line. Well, but if you look back to the first season where Burnham and him were very competitive with each other, and now mm. they've settled in where they are so comfortable with each other and know each other. It's like there's no ego. There's no ego left between Burnham and him anymore. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in the first season, the second season, there was that that more of that ego clash. And now yeah, it's and you're right. And you really see that in this scene, in this episode between Saru and Burnham, you know, when he's saying, I, I, I want to be your number one you see that like he's 100 percent. he is he wants to do that job because he feels that is the best that is the, the place in the universe where he is going to be most effective not back on kaminar and not in the captain's chair he knows that's what's best for everybody and you know and he cares about that. It's good. When you think about it, like all these characters probably need therapy. Because <laughs> like how far they've come. Like look at where Saru started off. Like he didn't like as you know when we first saw met Saru, he was you know the, the first one of the officers. He didn't know his home world. He left it. You know, it, thought he was going to die once he this thing. You know, and now he's thousand years in the future. He's his home world is this advanced, you know, homogenous you know society so it's interesting to see how where they started and where they're at now it's like a huge leap not even not even just the time frame i, th- I think what's interesting is that you know there's kind of this i mean this notion of the, a fourth season being a magic season in star trek you know we'll see right i mean we have this skepticism but i don't think it's an accident to some extent because i think it's it's i mean obviously you can't say it's the same writers because that's overturned 500 times now in this series but the characters do develop there is a sweet spot i think where you have characters that they've been around each other they you see where they've been they come they find their own place then they start coming Based together on the acting too and the and the yes. writers are start, starting to head in mm-hmm. that direction after they see how the performances are set right and, stuff. and then why a lot of times it gets a little stale for these series that have run you know seven seasons 20 some episodes a season is because at some point you just run out you know run out of steam everyone you know it, but but I, I don't know I think, I think some of this is that some of this is finding those characters for both the writers and and the actors and another thing i was going to say was um back to the the grief and dealing with turmoil i think that's that's an interesting theme and we're going to see, we'll see where they're going with this. Is this anomaly? Is this about um, the pandemic? Is it about climate change? Is it about any number of things? But I think what, what we all can relate to is loss and grief to some extent. And I think that maybe why this is a really good theme to pick right now, these Mm. kinds of things in the show is because there's something that we all can understand big changes uh, dealing with loss um, everyone needing therapy, you know, all these kinds of things. It's, it's, I think, I think it's a good choice. You know, it's funny you bring up other shows and like it's four seasons. And another thing I thought about here, I've talked before, we've talked before about how one thing the show does a lot is pair people up. All those scenes I referenced earlier were scenes between two people. You were talking a second ago, Adam, about, I think that the Burnham and Booker scene which, at the end there, which is really good. You know, so lots of, 
pairing up. But when you think about something like Next Gen, I mean, what, what identified that show more than the Ready Room scene where they're all there together and they, they, they work out the problem and at the end, Picard makes some decision. But, you know, that, that was that show, right? You, know, you could have a still image of, of them sitting around that table and that would be the show. And that's, that is not the show ever. It just isn't. Right, it's right. More, it's, more, it's more of a motley crew. Yeah, and 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 the the consultations and whatnot, you know, for the captain or whatever the decision maker are more organic. It's not like we're coming together and we let's have the briefing and feed me everything yeah, it's in the and moment. Spit it out. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 on the bridge and, while they're yes. deciding what course of action to take. Maybe, yeah. Right. You know, Steve, you were talking about this fourth season, and we'll see because the show is completely untethered from you know the Kirk and Spock universe. You know, we spent season season three was kind of that buffer in between what they did in the first two seasons. Now we all have our issues with how they got here, but they're here and they're untethered and they, they, you know, the writers producers, they have freedom to kind of do what they want. They're not constrained by Canon or anything like that. So the sky's the limit from what they can do. So I think, you know, we've said this a lot so far. It's like, we're, you know, we're all kind of nervous where they're going to go and how they're going to do it. Are they going to continue the same kind of, patterns that they've had with the first three seasons or are they going to go into a whole new direction and kind of come into their own so again we'll find out you think they're going to put gray in that body and just make gray a normal part of the show probably i think so (laughs) i don't know see that's what's that's what's this this is kind of interesting this is what's interesting about this. this is the first time we've ever done this we do not know what's going to happen (laughs) <laughs> and that's, that's strange yeah we meaning uh, the, the three people on this podcast because yes. we're listening yes. we're recording yes. on these there's, episodes there's, the there's no spoilers no nothing like what's gonna yeah. happen uh-huh uh what is this episode about a uh, black hole that's five light years wide that isn't a black hole there's two black holes but oh. it isn't okay two black holes that are going to merge but then they mm. disappear not- this episode deals with I think the main theme of it is dealing with grief, how people cope with grief and tremendous loss. Um, that's definitely the theme that got going on here with book and, you know, book, he has only been on the show for a season. Now he's coming into the, you know, and he's kind of feels like he's going to be a main character. So I don't think it's wrong to say that he, he's pretty much a main character now, barring what they do the rest of the season. So usually when we talk about, um, a side character being the, the the main focus of the show. It's, it's it's not as good, but I think it works here. And he's really not the main focus of the show. We've talked I've talked about. There's so many things going on. You know, you have um, Tilly, for example. She's not dealing with grief, but she's kind of dealing with her place and what she is. I mean, I think we'll get into that more. It's not really fleshed out in this episode, but each character kind of has their own dilemma. Some seem a little bit more comfortable. Saru seems more comfortable with himself and his place at this point. We were mentioning Tilly is going through some issues. Um, Stamets having to come together with book. It kind of helps him deal with what the grief that he, that he dealt with and that he can help somebody else deal with. You know, he's got that scene where he's like, we're, you know, he tells book, you know, we may not be friends. We may not have to talk, but we're here. We'll get through it together. So it's about dealing with stressful situations, dealing with grief and, and doing that as, as a team or a family as, as they do on starships and Star Trek. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw that um, Stamets was not able to kind of pull, he wasn't able to help 
book enough to get them out of that anomaly, you know, it had, and, and, uh, Burnham wasn't either until she, you know, got rid of the, the rank and just, how, how did you feel about that little silent bubble that they put around her? <laughs> that was a little over the top. Like they really need like a silent bubble. Oh, they should have had a cool sound effect. Like when in, in the new Dune, when they did the silence thing, uh, Steve, you're a, yeah, I, I I agree. It's about dealing with grief and stress, but I, yeah, I think I think why this works so well is that they they've got a common theme, but they also have they find the the threads, they find the common threads between characters. They 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 keep the they keep it tonally consistent, you know, where you're not just like right and left emotionally, just all over the place from scene to scene. It it, it feels right, you know, because they're not mixing the tones so much in the episode and while the characters aren't going through the same thing there's at least in this in the same ballpark and what's going on there there's some stress and they're having to work through it someone's dealing with something in their past and they relate to someone who's dealing with something now and so on and so forth and that keeps it all anchored and uh consistent throughout the episode and uh, and i think kind of the plus plus side so far here whereas in past seasons you know they go real. The focus really changes quickly to whatever dramatic events going on, um, be it the burn or or whatever. It still feels like whatever whatever the nemesis is in this season, the the anomaly. It still seems like a secondary kind of thing. It's not like in your face, like oh my god, kind of thing. So it's kind of nice. That it leaves room for this kind of character stuff that we've been able to talk about until the anomaly like uh takes over maybe an admiral and then <laughs> they have a fist fight <laughs> i think that I, well, I think that's key i think that's that's the whole key to making this work is that you have you can have some huge thing and you have to fix this big problem like we joke about every season or something as long as that's not the real focus it's about the characters doing the thing that's that's the trick i think that's that's where they'll make or break this i think that's where they missed up in season two i think they spent too much time focusing on the the evil robots from the future all right let's do six degrees here's your gimme here's your easy one adam annabelle wallace voices discovery's computer zora she's voiced zora on other episodes of discovery as well as what short trek calypso yes sir one to one All right. Well, we did it. We did our first uh, as close to live as we get. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was fun. I'm I'm looking forward to, and again, I know I say this at the beginning of every damn time, but I'm looking forward to this season. It, it was nice. It was fun to watch new Star Trek. Maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe that that's what helps. It's always fun to watch new Star Trek. <laughs> so are, are you guys going to watch are you going to you know because obviously we do these shows every two weeks are you going to wait and watch the episodes back to back or are you going to watch them coming out weekly i'm watching the i'm wait, I'm, I'm waiting a little a few days on the first one just because you know it's easier to I, I figured that out in our 10 years of doing this podcast i i don't want to watch the episode and then talk about it two weeks later that's that's kind gotcha. of pushing it for me so i'm i'm waiting and you know hitting them both around the same time in the second week, something like that. I watched both of these on the first day, but I don't know necessarily that'll be every time. I may do that too sometimes, the first one, wait a few days, yeah. If I get to the point where I'm, I'm worried there's like, you know, I'm going to see spoilers out there, uh, I'm sure I'll go ahead and watch them, but so far it hasn't been too bad. There's just so much content. That... What, what days are they, are they dropping on? Friday? Thursday. Sorry, just, Thursday. So there's a new one today out there, right? All right, folks. Uh, let's see. Prodigy 
Season one, part A. I don't know what we're calling that. It completed, and it was one a nice. Day little, of, yeah. It was a nice wrap up. I, I, you know, I was satisfied. That was uh, worthwhile. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it. They did. They delayed the mystery movie again. Uh, who knows? Like I always say, I, I don't believe they're making a Star Trek movie until they're rolling the cameras. Personally, because <laughs> right. yeah. all you need is. I mean, you could be a day before shooting and somebody new takes over Paramount and can cancel everything, you know. And this is Kelvin Universe, right? This is Pine. Uh, we don't actually Pine. know. They haven't said. Gotcha. Uh, but the date that it had, I think they pushed it back six months or something. It, you know, whatever. It's just it's just air <laughs> until they do something. Until then, you got Marvel to watch. All right. So uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Discovery's fourth season. Uh, until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. I passed it.